under under wraps. Let's do it. Let's let's at the point at which I thought this stream would be close to being over, we are starting our final third. Yes, um, yes let's talk about Venusaur. So, Tom, do you have do you have any fond or maybe not fond? Nah, I assume fond. Uh, memories of of Venusaur. I do. Uh, as was mentioned somewhat in the Bulbasaur episode and it's somewhat in the Ivysaur episode. Yep. Venusaur is my boy. Um, due to the uh, trading card game, um, I had a Venusaur. It was my like prize card. It was like, uh, like I say, I had, I had the, I've got the whole base set, but that is the one that specifically jumps out in my mind as the one that that I had that was the, the the treasure as it were, and and I genuinely can't remember anyone else having one, um, so uh, I do really I do really like it for that for that sentimental reason, um, I don't feel like it's very much in the anime, but because I was as much into the card game as I was, uh, it didn't matter. Yeah, I I. Yeah, I feel like again because I played through the games with all of the starters, I have the same fond memories of Venusaur as I do Charizard and Blastoise. Like it was equally well suited to just learning a handful of powerful moves and smashing the shit out of everything. Um I felt a little I feel like not just Venusaur, but like Hyperbeam as a move was a bit disappointing because I didn't like that it took a turn to charge up. And I still don't really like moves that take an additional turn um, to prepare because I am impatient <laughs> and I still don't strategize particularly well. And I think... And also, like, Hyperbeam being... Um, like Venusaur's, it wasn't just Venusaur's signature move, um, but it, it kind of was. It was like one of, um, it was one of you know Venusaur's powerful moves that I expected it to use. But it's a normal type move, so it doesn't get stab. And I like when I understood. Um, what stab was it really wound me up that one of the most powerful moves it was get was like robbed of some of that power in a way that charizard and blastoise's signature move did not um and that was that i found annoying i don't think it's venusaur's fault i think it's it's the fault of the i don't know whoever made that decision in the same way that ivysaur got overlooked someone made that choice to overlook ivysaur someone made that choice to make hyperbeam a normal type move and i get it in the wider context of the game because it's also like one of snorlax's most powerful moves but then they should have given something else to venusaur and i, I just don't feel like they did like, it had other powerful moves and other good moves because it was a starter and the final evolution starters always get a really decent move pool but yeah it just didn't feel like it had a signature 
the way the others did. Yeah. Um, does it does it not get solar beam in the uh, it, in the first gen? It does, but I think because it also gets hyper beam, it's very similar. Like it also takes one to recharge, and it's just like, eh, yeah. you know. I, I think for me, the thing that always put me off solar beam uh, is um, I didn't like the fact that you had to charge it up first. Like, yeah, I've, I've got more respect for hyper beam, which lets you do it, and then you've got to wait versus the other way around, where you might get you might get critical hit, and then it was like, what was the point of that? Yeah. 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 No, I completely get that. I mean, I think that makes sense. And I think that they are. Yeah. I think that was kind of that extra step. I think already when it's turn based, it kind of slows it down compared to how the action looks in the show. And then when you have to wait that extra step, it doesn't feel as exciting, especially when you're a little kid. When you're a little kid, it just sort of feels like, oh, so you're not doing anything. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think part of the problem as well is, and I feel this the same way about like um, Blastoise, that um, um, I didn't necessarily do it when I was a kid, but um, but like Bubble, uh, Bubble Beam, um, Razor, Razor Leaf, um, mm -hmm. like these are like if you keep these as you keep on leveling up almost become like like super super powerful moves that you don't have to like recharge over yeah and over again um so like when it now i'm a bit older when it like offers me these these like moves i'll be like first of all it's only got five you know five pp before yeah to, you know before i've got uh either um you know whatever it is the revive or the 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 elixir yeah um, and or take it to the Pokemon Center, um, versus like it's a tiny bit less powerful. But I could just keep I could just keep like Razor Leaf on it and then be done with it. Yeah, yeah. I do think I think the early generation move pulls weren't as well developed as they could have been. But I feel like you can say that about almost every element of the early generation. And I think I think it really primed pokemon fans to you know fill in the gaps in the game with their imagination a little bit because as we've said before it's something that i am still doing now when new pokemon games come out where i'm like oh i see the potential here and i feel like that was more forgivable in generation one um when it was brand new and even like video games as a genre was still relatively new um, the fact that it was broken and the fact that it was a little bit underdeveloped in some areas was made up for, for by the fact that um, it was really competent and unique in other areas. Mm. And you've got the idea that if it continues the way it's continuing um, with another generation following the show, that you would get to a point where it would even out and become a bit more of a a balanced well-rounded game and instead what has happened is that it's just like massively fluctuated where in every single game since some of it's been fucking brilliant and some of it has been pure shite um because they 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 focus on one thing every game and they they don't offer consistent levels of effort 
across the entire build. Mm. And I think 27 years, 25 years, what number was it recently in? Um, and did you better? 96. So it's, yes, 27. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, my other, my other, I've got two other big memories uh, of Venusaur, uh, other than the the, the Pokemon card, um, which I which I ironically never used to play, um, um, you know, because it was it was so valuable to me. Um, but um, uh, again, if uh, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon uh, and make us do some trading card stuff, feel free to to do that. But if not, I will not bore you with it. Um, <laughs> but um, so my other two memories. Uh, first is that I remember the uh, episode with the Bulbasaur Garden, where the, where yep. the massive Venusaur turns up, which I want to say from memory is like bigger than you would like imagine it to be. I feel like it's like yeah. a, a huge one. Um. Um, I mean, now that I'm starting to think about it, it's one of those things. I think once you start thinking about, um, you know, like one memory, it's almost like different doors like open up. So like, I also remember it being in the start, in the in the um, opening theme song. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it like swoops past, like the camera swoops past one in the yeah. opening credits, um, and I feel like there's an episode with giant Pokemon which turn out to be robots. Yeah, uh, and I feel like one of those is Venusaur as well. Yeah, but my other main uh, memory of Venusaur is um, there's a Venusaur in Mewtwo Strikes Back that uh, yeah. that like gets cloned, and I feel like although Charizard is like like Ash's Pokemon, and a and a clone of Charizard turns up, um, I feel like the Venusaur versus Venusaur gets like a fair amount of s screen time. Um, for a Pokemon that we only meet in the movie. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is partly to do with it also being um, a starter because there was... There were a lot of... Um, there were a lot of kind of the very iconic Pokemon in that scene that were not related to... Ash's team per se but were quite popular in the series because there was a Blastoise there as well but I definitely remember the Venusaur a bit more because I think they did more to change up the design of the Venusaur because all of the others had patches on them mm. um, to indicate that they were clones and were like a slightly different colour but not like a shiny just like a darker one like it had been copied over with a bit of shadow on it um but i think the venusaur because um i don't know if this is why but it already has you know the bulbasaur line already has like patches on it so i think they they mixed up the venusaur design a little bit more and i think that made it stand out mm. yeah yeah i think as far as right i there. can remember because yeah because uh i mean bulb the whole bulbasaur like well ivysaur and venusaur they've got patches on them anyway so um so yes yeah, so it would make sense that they would have to do that um so yes yeah, so maybe that is the reason why it uh stands out a little bit more um so yes yeah, so those are my main memories of venusaur what about you um 
I feel like, I mean, I have, I have memories of playing with a Venusaur, but I don't have anything. Again, like I feel like I don't want to say Venusaur was disappointing. I feel like Venusaur was let down. Like I wanted to see the Bulbasaur Garden. I wanted to see Venusaur as it's like the little mushroom god that all of the Bulbasaur are drawn towards when it's time for them to evolve. Like I wanted to see that kind of thing. And I feel like the games didn't have the framework for all 151 Pokemon to tell the stories the way the show did. And that's fine. Mm. But that's what I wanted. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) And I feel like... I feel like because Venusaur had those moments in the show, like the Bulbasaur Garden, and like, um, you know, you see when Venusaur is in it that it's powerful and that it's a beast. And I feel like, um, I think you notice that it doesn't have so much of a story in the game. Because of that, because even though it was subtly hinted at its, you know, true power in the show, I think it still kind of made enough of an impact on me that I wanted more for it from the games. Mm. Yeah, I think that's my my key memory of Venusaur. And do you feel that same way about Blastoise? Because I feel like, I mean, Charizard's like the main one, and then I feel like Venusaur and Bla- like I feel like Blast. I can't. I mean, we'll do the we'll do the research between now and the Blastoise episode. But I feel like I remember less about Blastoise than I do about the other three uh, fully evolved um, starters. Yeah, I I do definitely feel similar about Blastoise. I feel like. But then Blastoise probably even... I think Blastoise is probably more hard done by in the sense that I don't remember as much of it from the show. Um, The Orange Islands, I remember, I think, a gym leader using a Blastoise. But if we're just talking about the Kanto League, there's, there's not a huge amount of Blastoise in it. So I think the gap between... Venusaur's story, even if it's in the background of the main character's story, and Venusaur in the games, the gap is bigger because there's just enough Venusaur for me to think, like, wow, that thing's cool. I want to see it in my playthrough. And then my playthrough was, I mean, fine. It was a perfectly serviceable starter, but there wasn't much adventure to it that was different about using a Venusaur. Um, I think Venusaur had more lore to it than Blastoise did, in a way. Yeah. And then not seeing that fully realised in the games um, is kind of why I'm left with this kind of lingering feeling. Whereas... I don't know, I don't think... I don't think I was... I got as much Blastoise in the show so that when I came to play with it, it didn't have anything to live up to Mm. in the same way. Yeah, that's fair. 
Okay, well, tell you what, let's have a see what we've got for its uh, Pokedex entry. Um, let's see if uh, if that intern has striked again. Um, so I'll just get that up on the screen. There we go. Okay, so um, it says here, the plant blooms when it's absorbing solar energy. It stays on the move to seek sunlight, which somewhat links into what you were saying about how they could do a story where there's one that's yeah. like kept, um, that's like kept in a cave somewhere. Like, I mean, they could potentially do one where. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Bulbasaur. It could be a, a Venusaur that's been, you know, uh, left in the cave, uh, similar to the start of the Charmander, um, you know, in the yeah. anime. But maybe that'd be too similar as a result. But yeah, they could do it where someone's like punishing it by making it stay in the, in the, um, in the cave, or one's got lost in a cave. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of one getting lost rather than one being punished because that feels like. If it depends on sunlight for its nutrients, that feels abusive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I mean, they have already done that with Ash's Charmander, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like, in the in the early episodes, there was... You did see a lot more, like, trainers being quite rough with their Pokémon compared to later on where there are more kind of heartwarming stories um yeah i agree um but you know is that is that because uh, they decided that they were gonna what's the word that they were gonna um you know it was like such a big hit with kids that they were like right well we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything other than toe the line now do you remember that episode with the guy who had the whip and like his sandshrew was wearing this little like restraint mm -hmm. that as a kid was i mean it was just like indicative that he was restraining his sandshrew and as an adult i'm like i've seen those in nightclubs and i don't want to watch that episode again <laughs> yeah yeah you don't want to see a collared sandshrew now do you when you're just right like exactly on a saturday morning and like and that episode right the guy the guy like the conflict was like ash going up to the guy and being like you're being abusive to your pokemon you have to be a better trainer hmm. and then in the end and then team rocket steal his pokemon and they come running back to him and ash is like why are they coming back i thought they'd just run away because they hated you and he's like, no, my Pokemon love me. I just, we just train differently to you. And I hit them with whips. <laughs> and then Ash just goes, oh, okay then. And then lets him go about his day yeah. beating his Pokemon. Yeah, the, the Sandshrew is like, no, 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 it's fine. I am, what is I'm it into it. A sub, I'm a sub I haven't, I haven't said Pokemon Red. <laughs> Look, we. I take off this. I take off this harness, and and it goes. Uh, it goes actually very loving. They cuddle me all the time. Um, so uh, we have got. Um, we have got um, the next thing, which is. So, 
this here, I think, is maybe worth mentioning that. Uh, I think this is the first time that Red and Blue have got the exact same um, Pokédex entry. Um, ah. like, like, I feel like initially each one had had its own yeah had its own one but um it feels odd that they would do that for the very first um in the pokedex's uh, end evolution um so we've got the flower on its back this is from yellow uh, catches the sun's rays the sunlight is then absorbed and used for energy um uh, i feel like a lot of this is gearing towards the fact that it uses solar beam so presumably yeah it was it them basically trying to say use solar beam we're going to give you the option to use solar beam um <laughs> which i'm assuming comes in at around about level 50. i mean i could check i could check on it's a late late stage of the game um can i just say while we have this open yeah i feel like this is another one um where the stadium professor and the regular professor were we're not quite seeing eye to eye because the one for red and blue says it stays on the move to seek sunlight and the one for stadium says when it's catching the sun's rays it often remains quiet and still like all right one of you's got a lazy venusaur one of you's got an athletic venusaur right maybe look at more than one venusaur before you start generalizing about all the venusaurs i don't feel like I don't feel like these people are entirely qualified to call themselves professors yeah. because I, I don't I, think they have a very full understanding of the scientific method. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be particular, I think that is a, a good observation, I'd be particularly, um, what's the word, sceptical if like it said, uh, um, Venusaur's trainers often feel like sending gifts to their Pokemon <laughs> professor. <laughs> yeah. Or if the red and blue one was like, uh, Venusaur's trainers particularly like picking up parcels for me from Viridian City. That is, yeah, that is exactly. I feel like I would, I would like a game where you actually do write your own pokedex mm, yeah and you actually like you know you get to put in whatever thing comes up comes to mind based on the game that you're playing and i don't know how that would be made but the more we compare these pokedex entries the more i want the opportunity to do my own based on my experiences I mean, we could do that. We could just do that. You and I could do that as like some bonus content at some point. Mm. We'll be like, this is based. You, you know, you know, you can be like, Venusaur is the rarest card, and I've got one, bitches. Yeah. Like that could be your Venusaur Pokedex entry. God of War made and... me uh, question my pawn choices. That kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, just to be clear, um, uh, I only like human women and also <laughs> other other genders uh, uh all of the genders really i don't know why i said women <laughs> uh, i really hope you the, really like the, the specific human thing genders. Is, is is human that's the bit to focus on i don't know why i made it weird uh around <laughs> the other things that aren't human but yes <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, here at here at Talking Trubbish, we only fuck people. <laughs> uh, this is a podcast you can trust because we only yeah, because we do not have sex with any of the Pokemon that we talk about <laughs> or want to. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you added want to as an afterthought. Like, well, we can clearly say uh, we don't fuck Pokemon because Pokemon don't exist in the real world. So, like, that's an obvious claim. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, we also don't want to. If we had the opportunity, we still wouldn't. Um, so I guess thank you for clarifying that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to provide any clarifications required. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, At least we got it out of the way early. Yes. Right. I feel like that's our first clippable clip of the, of the podcast. <laughs> oh, the bit about. Okay. <laughs> I think you need to start it with the context of you saying you only want to fuck humans. Yes, that that would uh, that would be preferable. Um, okay. We've. Well, well, we'll go back to the. We'll go back to the the Pokedex. We don't want it this uh, to evolve into smut. Um, okay, so, um, so we've got gold, uh, by spreading its broad, the broad petals of its flower and catching the sun's rays, it fills its body with power. I like the fact that it used power. That sounds like, uh, like, you know, someone who's not very, uh, confident in their masculinity was like, yeah, power, the powerful they are. <laughs> Look, it might have petals, it might have a flower, but it's got power. Yeah, I tell you what, I really like that, that Venusaur is a big scary monster with a big pretty flower on its back. Mm. I feel like that is, that's very cool. Mm. That's very, very cool, challenging gender stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, we we had it in the chat, didn't we, that uh, someone found it, um, like... Like a scare, like the scariest of the starters. Um, it is. It is. It is scary looking because it gets all like lumpy and big teeth, and it looks like it's gonna eat you. Mm. Um, and then it's got big pretty flower on it. Yeah. So there you go. Because uh... you do, I do find that like later grass type Pokemon, a lot of them are like flowers and berries and like pretty plants, mm. which is fine. There are lots of pretty plants in the real world and Pokemon should be, you know, re I guess reflective of that if that's what the creators want. But I like that it is that it is also like, this is a pretty flower on a big, creepy behemoth. You know? Mm. I like I like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it also smells nice. Oh, well, and it I'm smells assuming. nice. I would, yeah, I, again, it would be disappointed if it went from sweet-smelling Ivysaur to, like, shit-stinking Venusaur. Oh, I've just, I've just flipped back onto the page um, where it says, because um, that's the thing, I mean, what we're showing out to the people who are watching the broadcast versus what I can see, not necessarily the same thing, but I've just seen, I'm skipping ahead to Crystal, as it warms itself and absorbs the sunlight, its flower petals release a pleasant fragrance, so we have... Got it confirmed. Venusaur's smell bitching. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like a lot of big chunky monsters 
if their smell is described at all, it's usually unpleasant. And I like that Venusaur is breaking the mold. It's absolutely, um, that's where um, it's like influential in in many many ways as we are discovering mm-hmm. on this podcast. Uh, so in silver, we've got is able to convert the sunlight into energy. As a result, it is more powerful in the summertime. I think that's interesting. I uh, think that makes sense. And you do have like that is also reflected in the games where you can like use sunny day and like there are the ones that have weather, which I like and I like that that factors into things. I think, you know, terrain-based impact can be, um, you know, it could be better implemented, but it's also cool that it's there at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so I think, the... again, that makes sense with, I guess, the law of mm. this evolution line. And again, it, it opens up that you could potentially do uh, some stuff with, uh, you could do like an episode where... Um, you know, Asher, whoever the protagonist becomes now, is like doing a doing like a battle in the winter, and is not able to win because they're um, they're not able to get the the power that they need. Yeah, mm. that'd be very cool. Uh, we've got we've got Stadium Two, where I feel like whoever the professor is must have basically like their superior must have had a word because i feel like they're more on track now by spreading the broad petals of its flower and catching the sun's rays it fills its body with power it's as if it went right all right then i'll agree i won't do none of this about about it's not going to talk about movement i'll just i'll just copy what you've said don't care yeah um so ruby and sapphire there is a large flower on the Venusaur's back. Um, that's presumably for if uh, you can't you can't see or smell it. Um, the flower is said to take on vivid colours if it gets plenty of nutrition and light. The flower's aroma soothes the emotions of people. So there you go. You could uh, you could use it as like aromatherapy. I like that. Mm. I also like that. It takes on vivid colours if it gets plenty of nutrition and sunlight. So, like, the ones that spend more time outside are going to be, you know, big, beautiful, pretty flowers. And the ones that, you know, don't get to be out as much. I like the idea of, like, different-looking Venusaurs depending on their environment. And I I know in the games the sprites are the same all the time and that's going to be the way it is. But I think that idea of like diversity within a species i find really interesting mm. in pokemon and how that would manifest and yeah. i think that'd be a good one so we've got um we've got venusaur's this is in emerald emerald gets its own its own entry Ooh. venusaur's flower is said to take on vivid colors if it gets plenty of nutrition and sunlight the flowers are why why the why bulbophilia feel the need to put this in twice like other ones it's combined them i i feel like some of these entries are very similar just change the order of the sentence i bet you that was like i bet you that was a like 10 minutes before the end of uh the end of friday and they were like you know the boss was going (laughs) was going look we need another we need another 20 pokedex entries before the end of the day and they were like 
just copy and paste. Just copy and paste the first bit and put it at the end. He won't even know. Yeah. It's different enough that the plagiarism sensors won't detect it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe, again, this is the professor trying to get it past Turnitin. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Exactly right. <laughs> um, a bewitching aroma wafts from its... Fl again, the word waft. Not a great yeah. word, is it? Um, uh, yeah. The, the fragrance becomes, I like the word becomes. Uh, yeah. Feels Shakespearean. Uh, those engaged in a battle. Again, that's quite nice. Uh, again, something that they could do where it's like, um, you know, you could have a trainer who like, doesn't really like to battle. So therefore does all these things to kind of like almost make the battle stop. Yeah. Yeah. You like know, if things are kicking off and someone's like go venusaur and people are like oh this beast is coming in but actually it just uses sweet scent and everyone's then friends yeah and that's how they win all their battles yeah like <laughs> everyone calms down and wants to be friends and then it stomps them yeah like how good would that be for like a trainer <laughs> not a trainer like a gym leader um because that's the thing i mean i know we've chatted about it before that like really they need to have um they need to have more um kind of diversity in terms of the the gyms like they could mm. they could have like they could have like a batman kind of like themed one if they wanted to you know someone who's like a vigilante and goes out at night and you know how like pokemon's got like doctor who who's like the watcher, yeah but it's not really doctor who but they could do the same with like batman um and they could yeah. have if you were to kind of look at it from like a different perspective you could be like okay what different uh, what different variations can we have on the gyms other than just typing and they could do one where it's like entirely um around basically making pokemon um like lose the will to like fight or make them all mm. confused and they kind of take themselves out yeah so yeah when so i guess the gyms are less based on type and more based on strategy mm. yeah i'd think that would be a really interesting concept i'd like to see that done yes if there is a uh if there is uh like any mods of that let us know yeah um so we've got um the flower the plant blooms when it is absorbing solar energy it stays on the move to seek sunlight that feels like that uh that second uh pokemon professor really yeah really digging it in being like look yeah it does not remain does quiet move. and still it fucking moves <laughs> to seek the sunlight um uh. right for for diamond and pearl um we've got after a rainy day the flower on its back smells stronger uh the scent attracts other pokemon i like that yeah. I, that's i feel like with venusaur these different Pokedex entries are adding more to what we understand about Venusaur as a Pokemon. Mm. I like that. I think it's different. And um, I think it's definitely got... A, like, I'm getting a more thorough picture of Venusaur than I did of Ivysaur or mm. even Bulbasaur. Yeah. And I really like that. I like that I understand more about, about how this plant works and its relationship to the other Pokemon around the Venusaur and the other people around the Venusaur. Um, I think it's very, uh, this is a much, much more comprehensive series of Pokedex entries. Yeah, it's, um, um, 
I think it highlights how much they overlooked Ivysaur a little bit, even more so. Yeah, it really does. Um, so we've got uh, we've got Heart Gold by spreading the broad leaves fills its body with the same one. Um, it's able to convert sunlight into energy. It's more powerful. Again, we've got... most people don't really read the Pokedex entries, you know, like because you get it and then it just kind of you just kind of press A and it goes away. So maybe. Maybe it's that they don't expect people to read these. Um, Maybe. I think, yeah, because I think with the common ones, they do kind of skip through them a little bit. Well, I think it, it they might expect people to skip through it a little bit. Well, I mean, X and Y, uh, Omega, Ruby and Sapphire. Again, we've got we've got copies again. Uh, let's go Eevee and Pikachu. Again, we've got copies again. Um, oh, we've got a new one here for... Um, um, Oh, the the stadium professor's back at it. It's uh, in sword. Its plant blooms when absorbing solar energy. It stays on the move to seek solar, seek sunlight. Oh no, wait! That's just another one of being like, it does not stay still. Shut up. Um, we've got a bewitching aroma wafts from its flower. I like the word bewitching. I like the word bewitching. Yeah. Not not I the think, word. Uh... You expect to be in a Pokemon game. Yeah. Well, unless it's you talking about like mischievous or something, one yeah. of the witchy, ghosty Pokemon. Um, um, and I don't know if you knew this, but um, Gigantamax Venusaur has got its own Pokedex entry. Ooh. Which is in battle, this Pokemon swings around two thick vines. If these vines slammed into a ten-story building, they could easily topple it. How I feel did, like. How did they find that out? <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of Pokedex that goes back to what we were saying about like the kids wrote it. <laughs> the kids were like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Well, if your Venusaur can knock down a building, then mine is like a flower volcano. Ugh. Yeah, mine mine could topple a ten-story building, whereas yours just stays still, Mister <laughs> Stadium <laughs> Professor. Mine goes after the sunlight, and yours just sits there like a lazy little shit. Your mama's Venusaur can't even <laughs> topple a nine-story building. <laughs> your your mama's Venusaur wafts so much stuff that no one wants to listen or hear or smell it even. <laughs> uh, and we've got uh, for shield huge amounts of pollen bursts from from it with force of a volcanic eruption. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Breathing in too much of the pollen can cause fainting. Um, Yo, yeah, well, do you know what? Your mama's Gigantamax Venusaur stinks so badly that it can cause fainting. Yeah. Not even in Pokemon, in your dad. <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay, so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go into uh, we'll go into the Smogon rating. Uh, before we give our talking rubbish rating, um, if it ever loads again, second our second technical issue of the uh, of the stream. Um, I feel like um, we have ultimately done quite well as far as that is concerned. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Right. Um, so. That's uh, that's mega who it's on. We want we want normal, don't we? 
It's got some decent stats. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think it's um, if I'm right, and you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a, um, what's the word? I'm not a, a, a competitive Pokemon battler, as I mentioned before. But uh, I believe Venusaur is generally used as a, um, as a defensive Pokemon or like a sponge. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of like stick it out there whilst you're like setting up status effects um, um, and it's basically there to kind of absorb those hits whilst you set things up for, for the other Pokemon in your team yeah like you can set up some poisoning and you can set up a sunny day and you can you can you can prepare the field for the rest of your team with Venusaur um, which I mean, obviously there is a lot of value in having that Pokemon on your team if you are into the competitive battling scene. Mm. I think for people like me who don't do so much of that, I mean, not the end of the world, but it means I'm less likely to do Venusaur because its move pool is geared towards that. Um, and while I understand that there do have to be Pokemon that serves that purpose... I don't know if I would have chosen to make one of them a starter because I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I think it means it. I guess it encourages you to think more strategically if Venusaur is your starter um, and to think about how to use its move pull to the best effect um, in a way that you know Charizard, you can just fly a blast the shit out of everything. Um, but as a child, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> as an adult, maybe I should use Venusaur more and it'll encourage me to put more thought into my video games instead of just using them to veg out. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid, um, it's like now what I do is, uh, depending on what, what Pokemon I've got, I will like use a like a varied kind of uh, move pool. Um, so, for example, I um, just for example, if I had a, a Venusaur, um, and I'm not saying that it's got this, but if it had like a water move that it could learn, I would give it that water move. So that if I was mm. up against a fire type, I've then got the water move to um, super affect it. But when I yeah. was a kid, um, I would be like, of course my Venusaur should have all four grass moves. Like, why wouldn't, yeah. I, why wouldn't I want it to have that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I am definitely the kind of person um, who leans on stab as a key part of my strategy. Um, and I do, like, dual-type Pokemon. Um, but... I also, again, I really liked in the game, in the show even, like that Starmie that had Thunderbolt and like really like messed with your head the first time you saw it. And it's like, oh, wow, like think of the different ways you can use Pokemon when you teach them things that you don't expect them to have. Um, and then like I never went ahead and like fully got very experimental on my own teams. Um but I feel like if there was 
bit more scope for that in the actual gameplay of the games mm. i would have done but i i do kind of feel like and i get that this is a part of balancing them out so they're accessible to children still i do feel like the more experimental and creative a um like elements of the game are sort of the meta game they are in competitive play and it's like maybe I just want to do it on my own and not be stomped by a twelve-year-old who's got much more free time than me. Yeah, very true. Well, you could say that about every game that I play these days. Yeah, that's that. I don't really. I I don't love the way that like they're trying to make everything multiplayer or predominantly multiplayer. Um, you know, obviously multiplayer games are good. I'm not going to complain about multiplayer being a thing at all. But sometimes what I want out of video games is to be alone when I don't want to do things with other people. So I'm going to sit down and play a game. Hmm. Um, it's like a space where I don't need to worry about other people necessarily. Because, you know, I have a social life where I do other things in that social life. And I do, I do love playing games with other people. But if I don't have the option to play a game on my own, that's taking something away that I really find quite valuable out of video games is just sitting down, turning off, being in my own space. Um, uh, and I, yeah. As yeah. we just had in the chat, it's all, uh, it's almost as if they are making us have friends. I mean, Pokemon tried this with Generation 1 and it did not work. I just got both games for myself and <laughs> traded between them. Okay? If I want friends, I'll go out and get friends. But right now, what I want is Pokemon. Yes, and I feel like that's, uh, that's a good point to, for us to get it's out. It's got to catch them all, not got to share them all. God. Very true, very true. <laughs> um, I I used to genuinely find the, the trade Pokemon like the, the hardest ones to get just because of my uh, uh, not not wanting to give away any decent Pokemon, but also wanting to, like... Like, like, what do you trade for a Gengar? Like, because I want to trade, like, a Pidgey for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, should we uh, should we give it our talking Trubbish rating? Uh, yeah. Venusaur. Because uh, I'm going to give it, because of my personal connection to Venusaur, I'm going to give it an 8. I, I think I would also like to give it an 8. Not because I have a personal connection to it, but largely because of um, the story I've learned about Venusaur this evening. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that those various Pokedex entries came together, it did feel like a much more realised and fleshed out Pokemon than Ivysaur did. Um, and again, I think it is also partly due to... Like, I don't want to give it less because the show gave me this anticipation of such an amazing Pokemon but I don't want to give it more because the game did not realise the potential I wanted it to have um, but I do like the way it has been fleshed out um, over the course of many games and I feel like some real thought has been put into what Venusaur is, what it does, how it works, and I think I think a 
big fat eight for a big fat lovely smelling boy yes 